Hello and welcome to Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. It is Wednesday, December 28th. We are here for our first show after Christmas. It's so good to see all your faces. Yeah. Happy so holidays. good to see you all. It feels really weird to be back. Like It, it was also weird not to not be it. with you guys the past couple of days. I know. I've been with you for like a week. I know. Welcome back, Stefania. Thank it's so you. good to see you so and nice see that you're doing here. great. And you made such a valuable contribution oh, on Christmas wow. Eve on Fantasy mm-hmm. Football Now. That's and true. your 49ers rule. <laughs> We were uh, talking about the 49ers before the show. Truthfully, yeah. that's why I'm smiling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm happy yeah. to be here. But Collision I'm course. Really you and Mike are already putting together some sort of bet. Some sort of bet. Like, you know, they do mayoral bets yeah. where uh-huh. it's like, you know, the mayor of Philly says like, hey, whatever. If we yeah. lose to San Francisco, he's got to eat or we'll send you uh, 100 Philly cheesesteaks or something. Mm-hmm. What would be the reciprocal thing that you would send Ooh, back if you were the mayor of San Francisco? Do you question. like cheesesteaks? Like, you're just, you just gave her 100 cheesesteaks. Yeah, I know. I think, I think, yeah. I'm just saying like, what's the iconic thing that we think of? What do we think of in the Bay Area? Bay Area? That's gotta be wine. Probably wine. Oh, yeah. right. I'll take wine. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. wine. Just, 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 yeah. I was I mean, thinking sourdough bread. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's more of the, that's more of what bread. I was going yeah. for, yeah. right? Okay. Sourdough okay. bread, okay. maybe yeah. some anchor steam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bread, yeah. yeah. Good right. beer. Yeah. Great uh, beer. Can you just Absolutely. Hey, all of a sudden, I'll be an Eagles fan <laughs> if I get to win some yeah. Anchor Steam beer, huh? Pick a team I'll, yeah, I'll join. I'll get on that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't you know what to say box. about them. Yeah, you the get the box because you've been no. so in on Brady. <laughs> no, and no, Evan. Dude, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe. Well, in is it? Let me make this very clear, people. Like, in is in, like, I have a team. It's a yes, long-time exactly, keeper yeah. league. I talk about it every Sunday with these guys. I just, just walk them through every piece of my lineup. And unfortunately, I was tethered to Brady and Evan's. Uh, it's a keeper Oof. league, and it's I've we've we've had some injuries on the roster this year, so there wasn't a ton of flexibility, and uh, my run came to an end. Oh, it's over. Very okay. close one. Mm. And, oh, thank uh, God we don't have to hear about that team anymore. Oh my God, oh, come on out every Listen, week. My God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Can you well, imagine being tethered to Brady honestly, and Evans? There I mean, was like I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even bring myself. I've tried to over the past few days, just sort of shut the social media down a little bit. But during those games, I was like, I have no contribution because it's sickening yeah. watching this team. Uh-huh. I don't care. So the Bucs won, and they're going to play a playoff game most likely. They might be favored, or they might be underdogs by 37 points, and it won't be enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is the most junior varsity. I mean, there are a couple, I guess, you know, well. junior varsity offense of a team that's probably going to win this division that I have seen in quite some time. <laughs> until the two-minute drill. Yeah. Like, until after the, the right. two-minute warning in the fourth. Best they turn in the into a yeah. totally different yeah. team. But how does that, like, how know, does that like, happen? But like the next day, like the headlines were like, the goat saves the day again. Yeah. I'm like, Trace McSorley is not the goat. <laughs> yeah. Because Trace McSorley can't execute a pitch that's th- three uh, yards away from mm-hmm. him, right? Like that does not make him the goat. He's no Brock Purdy. Hey, you know, I'll tell you what. The future is now. Yeah. <laughs> Flying high if you're a 49ers fan. Let's jump in. We got a bunch of news we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a bunch of guys that either did or didn't perform in week 16, what you should do for them in week 17 with your matchups. But Stefania, we're going to turn to you and start, unfortunately, with Tua Tungavailoa, who has another concussion. Or in the concussion protocol. In, in the, the concussion protocol. In the concussion protocol. So this, uh, the... Here's what we know. We know that he reported to the facility on Monday with symptoms that are uh, indicative of a concussion and so therefore went into the concussion protocol. So we've seen this before where players will go through a game. There's nothing detected. No one observes anything. The player doesn't report anything. The player doesn't report anything after the game, but then sometimes the next day they will have symptoms, whatever those might be, and then they report those symptoms, and then the team is required to begin the concussion protocol process. That's where we are with Tua. Those are the only facts. There's been a lot of conversation about people thinking, what should they do with Tua? Here's what I would remind you. Before Tua came back, after he had that incident in Cincinnati where he was taken to the hospital, and you know that was a very scary scene for a lot of people to watch, Before he returned, he sought the opinion of multiple concussion specialists around the country. There were people who weighed in from all over who were unaffiliated with the team. uh, And uh, all the advice came back that he was cleared to return to play. You know what the Dolphins did? They held him out an extra week. 
So I just want people to remember that because even though he had been cleared, they felt like given what had happened so far in the season Mm -hmm. and given that he hadn't been at practice, they wanted to give him a week to get through practice, get up to speed before he returned. I expect that they will take him through the process with full transparency and probably continue to get outside input once again about what will happen next. The input will also include Tua and his family and all of the people who could factor into making a decision. And here's what I would really like to remind people. There are no definitive tests to determine either when you have a concussion or when you are completely resolved from a concussion. There's no imaging that we can do. There are no blood biomarkers that we can check. There are objective tests that are in the pipeline. There's eye tracking things that are being looked at. Some of these saliva and blood biomarkers are being studied. There's currently nothing that is universally accepted. So there is a constellation of tests and measures as well as the subjective report from the individual that are utilized to determine when someone is ready to come back to play. For the people who are arguing, well, he should just end the season now, My question, and I know I started something on Twitter by asking it, but my question is, what makes you think that that is the appropriate timeline? Because I will tell you that people in the field will say, we do not know what the time to resolution is, and it's very individual. Some people clear from a concussion in days. Some people it takes weeks or months. We do talk about successive concussions coming in close proximity being more concerning. Mm -hmm. That is legitimate. But we still don't have a definitive answer as to what the time to resolution is. So I would ask everyone to sort of check that and understand that in the world where concussions are studied by people who are far more expert than me and you who look at this every day, there is no definitive answer. It's a lot of I don't know. And they put their best information together to try and come up with a decision that will ultimately, as it should, involve the player and his family. And we shall see. But let's not get ahead of them in returning a decision on this. All right. So I don't try to match with Stefania on a lot of things, certainly not medical information. So I'm going to leave it be. Um, I Everything Stefania says carries much more weight than anything that Daniel, Mike, or I could offer. If people mm-hmm. want to debate Stefania... That's what Twitter is for. Go ahead and try to do so. Yeah. So I, I don't want to be crass. Uh, we wish to a, the very best. We hope he is back whenever he is healthy, whether that's this Sunday, the following week, the playoffs if they make it, next year, whatever the timeline is, it is. I will instead pivot to the fantasy impact here mm-hmm. uh, because that might be an area where I am perhaps slightly more equipped uh, to discuss. Slightly, <laughs> slightly, slightly is slightly. the keyword. Right, I just yes. want you to get carried away. I yes. was just making sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Dolphins have already said that Teddy Bridgewater is going to take the majority of first team reps this mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. which is an indicator that if two is out, of course, it'll be Teddy B on Sunday against the Patriots. And here's what we know about Teddy Bridgewater. One of the most capable backup mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the NFL. He has been a starter for plenty of games in this league, and this offense might be as quarterback-friendly as there is in the league right now. I know Tua has struggled, but he was lighting the NFL on fire for the first 12 or so games of this season. Teddy Bridgewater played a game this year in which he didn't even start the game, Mm -hmm. and he threw for 329 yards. There There is just one set of teammates in the entire league that has 20 or more 20-plus yard catches. I'll let you guess who that is. Of course, it's Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. It's a tougher matchup than the Dolphins have seen at other junctures of the season. But I think in my wide receiver rankings, I moved uh, Tyreek Hill down from wide receiver two to wide receiver two and a half, which I think. So some starting series. Yes. So starting both of these players <laughs> with tremendous confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyreek Hill has the most receiving yards by any player in his first year with a team in NFL history. I could go on and on and on about all the reasons why you're playing the Dolphins wide receivers, but We'll talk about the other quarterbacks that can potentially replace Tua Tungavailoa, but as far as the Dolphins' offense is concerned, you're basically playing the guys as they were. Yeah, agreed. It's not a walk-in-the-park matchup against New England, right? They One thing they always do during the Belichick era is not allow a lot of touchdowns, right? And that's, again, the case this season. Um, so I'm not going to start Teddy. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a great streaming option this week. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he's played. He's appeared in two games where he played about two thirds of the snaps. He hasn't played a whole, whole uh, a whole game this season against Cincinnati. 193 yards and a touchdown. 65 percent of the snaps. And then you mentioned the Minnesota game. I mean, it's the Vikings. Like, yeah, sure. Everyone mm-hmm. can throw on yeah. the Vikings, but <laughs> yeah. 329 and two touchdowns. Right. So he did enough. Right. He at yeah. least held down the fort and got the ball to the pass catchers. That's really the key for me. Is that you can feel still good about Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. 
I think he had like 15 I mean, targets that game. 12 yeah. catches on yeah. 15 targets. Yeah, so you're so. Not, and you're not starting anyone else, really. I mean, I don't. we don't like the running backs necessarily. It's hard to trust them right now, uh, especially against New England, who's great against running backs, and you're not starting a tight end. So it's just those two. I mean, yeah. you, you're still going to start them. I just, I don't think I would, I, I don't think if I had Tua, I would sub in Teddy. I'm probably looking elsewhere. Yep, yeah. and we'll dive into, I think we should dive into some of those names later because we do have some quarterbacks Agreed. we're going to discuss that like, yeah. either balled out or did not last week and how they're going to perform this upcoming week. But again, uh, if you want to argue with Stefania, that's your prerogative. I would tell you that you might get just as much use out of like barking at a door. Uh, <laughs> it might give you something to do. It's not going to get you anywhere. So um, choose your battles wisely, uh-huh. listeners and watchers. Uh-huh. How about this next one? Carson Wentz is going to take over as the starting yeah. quarterback for I the Washington Taylor football Heineke team. Already. Me too. <laughs> I don't. Like, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, Does this do a whole lot for the Wait, offense? And either not necessarily. So I think that... People, I'm sure people will point to this number. They'll point to the target share for Terry McLaurin with Taylor Heineke as opposed to Carson Wentz. Which was, yeah, a lot a lot higher with A lot Heineke, higher with yeah. Taylor Heineke. I would also argue that, like, some things happened during that time. Like, Curtis Samuel cooled off dramatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Dotson got hurt and missed, like, five weeks. That also right. played into it. So, to the extent that this uh, people are wondering, like, do I actually, like, do I feel better or worse about Terry McLaurin? I feel about the same as where I did Going into last week, it's a matchup against the Browns. Doesn't necessarily scare me one way or the other. I don't think weather's going to be terrible this week. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's too late in the season. Maybe yeah. I'm just like I'm. I'm getting lazy. Joyous feeling. Loyal laurels, <laughs> but I'm like. No, I feel it's the same. It's hard to get excited. I mean, Carson Wentz did go out because of an injury. Mm-hmm. Remember, he broke his ring finger, his ring mm-hmm. finger on his throwing hand. But we've obviously seen he's recovered from that he's back yeah. he, he's already was, played so uh but i think you're getting the same carson Wentz. heineke's a great story but like you know not like the numbers are eye-popping right no and but like, carson wentz's weren't either no no i'm just saying people oh. are like i think people are like oh dude they're losing taylor heineke for carson wentz like yeah. crap like this is more because it was my, fun yeah yeah don't, it was, was way more fun, fun right the but like, these guys exciting. are like very similar in yeah. terms of like overall ability right now or output but it's like one of them makes 26 million dollars a year and was once the number two overall pick in the draft the other guy was once a backup in the xfl mm-hmm. right so I, I mike do you feel differently yeah, about no, how I, I think term mclaurin i think what heineke might be more well liked in the locker room Maybe. I'm not just, I'm just saying. No, I'm no, not I sorry. Think, I, think might, I was yeah. trying to yeah. be careful how I, how I said that, but uh, Wentz is better. You know, and I think he is. I just think he's objectively better. There's a reason they didn't choose to go with Heineke this season. They went out and brought in Carson Wentz. Sure. I think it's better for the offense. I The only thing I really somewhat disagree with is that uh, I dropped McLaren. How much? He's going to spread the ball around. I mean, I think I'm like 25th or something. Okay. Like we were ranking him top 15. With okay. So it was a precipitous drop for you. Yeah. That was about 10 spots. Yeah. Okay, I mean, there's wow, a lot of receivers right. in that in that area. Wentz is going to spread it around more. Right? Yeah. And he likes Jahan Dotson. We saw that early in the season. Mm-hmm. He likes Curtis Samuel. We saw that early in the season. I just think he's going to be more prone to spreading it out. And also okay. keep in mind, uh, the good news, I think, for, for McLaren and the offense is that when when Heineke was in there, they really tried to protect him. They leaned on defense and they ran the ball as much as they could. And we'll see how much if they start to throw it a little bit more. But that was part of the story with Heineke is that they just were like, we're done passing. Yeah, you know. And they were, he also had like they were some, hiding him like in the middle of the season. It was like Taylor Heineke had like the most dropped interceptions in the league. Like it was like <laughs> of course five that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that just like got taken away from the defense because they can't catch, which is why they play defense and not mm-hmm. offense. So Heineke's an amazing story. I find everything about him like compelling and courageous and exciting. And it's one of the reasons why we love sports. Um, I'm a little more. I'm, I'm still a little more dug in on Terry McLaurin who. Uh, just low to the soil is how I would describe backup my backup quarterbacks for, are fun. We just like backups. Yeah, they are fun to root for Especially because it's like that win. underdog story. Yeah, you, you know. well, Brock Purdy is the perfect <laughs> so example. Back, backup uh, backup quarterbacks and like like good stories a kicker, right? Like mm. like Cameron Dicker. special like, teams. Like, yeah, yeah. like sticker yeah. the kicker, right? Like yeah. All right, Evan story. McPherson last year. Like yeah. you yeah. love kickers and backup. Money Mac. Really quickly on the same team, I know that Antonio Gibson is being monitored here. Here, Stefania, what's the update on him? Not much. Ron Rivera said he's dealing with a sprain. That's that's all we've got. Like so, his body is yeah, I know. Is his, is not, his I, you got to wait until the injury reports come out because right. they're not saying anything. Antonio yet. Gibson's helmet is sprained. Yeah. Something's going on there. Pads Something's are going on. Okay. Not all right. 100%. One more thing to talk about, and this is something I'm not thrilled with, consecutive DNPs for Tony Pollard. What should we expect for him? Oh, I don't know that the Cowboys know what to expect just yet. Now, it's funny because Jerry Jones said that Pollard, oh, yeah, he's playing. Like, he's playing. But Mike McCarthy said, well... You know, they're they're being careful with what they're going to do with him this week. And Malik Davis is getting more reps in practice. And, 
you know, it's a Thursday game. That's yeah. why this matters so deal. much. I mean, yeah. we're talking about tomorrow and, you know, they they, they don't want to do something where they put him out there and you run the risk of him then being compromised for multiple weeks. So, you know, they're calling it a thigh injury, soft tissue injury. You worry about that getting aggravated quickly. Um, I don't know. This is what's worrisome. If he doesn't play, at least you know it. If he does play, mm. but they're really monitoring how much they use him, that's much more concerning for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if they take the bigger picture view here because mm-hmm. while they do technically have a chance for the number one seed in the to win the NFC East, it would require Philly losing out, which seems to me very <laughs> I unlikely. I happen? wouldn't be surprised. No, no. no. I, I don't <laughs> think so either, right? Philly would have Saints to lose back-to-back no games, <laughs> right? So I'm not expecting that. So Dallas, to me, knows that they are destined for the fifth seed in a trip to either Tampa or Carolina uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Wouldn't surprise me if they play this bigger picture. Let's dive into it more, though, because tomorrow we'll have a Thursday night football preview. Uh, Zeke Elliott has scored mm-hmm. a touchdown in eight straight games. Certainly would feel like a reasonable bet to do it in nine straight if Pollard is out tomorrow. Yeah, and that's part of it, right? You can say, you know what, we'll give Zeke 25 touches this week, right? Yeah. They haven't had to do that. They can do that. Yeah. They can do that. They can. They don't want to do it every week. They want to do it just this week. And they're going to be throwing against the Titans. Again, we'll talk about sure. that tomorrow. Yeah. That's yeah. bad More pass defense, better right. run defense. Yeah. All right, let's move ahead. We're going to talk week 16 air balls, players that burned you this past week. We're going to talk about some multi-week players that hurt you this last week but as I, well. I also like... I think you all need to feel like this is a safe space right now uh-huh. <laughs> because a lot of us are feeling down in this moment and wishing that week 16 hadn't played out like it did. Did not happen. Maybe you lost a couple or three heartbreaking semifinals <laughs> and you're just sort of sitting there thinking like your run for glory and multiple championships this year is all of a sudden over. Why am I projecting right now? Um, We're still hearing about that team. Field still talking about it. Burned into my brain. (laughs) In any event, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. You are not. If you're mad, don't be mad at the player. Be mad at the game. Uh Stewart Scott, you say, don't hate the player, hate the game. Hate the game, my friends. This is why we play this silly game for the ups and the downs. It's like golf. Right. When I play a good round of golf, which happens like once out of every 50 times, I only remember the three terrible shots that I missed. <laughs> That's right. That's when I right. play really bad golf, which is like the other 49 out of the 50 times, I remember like the three putts that I made. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, I stuck that putt on 18 to salvage a 127. Yeah. Could have been 130. That, That's when it happens. I was going to say, is that high? Is Whenever one- I have a bad round, 18 is always the best hole because then you're like, I could play another 18. Yeah, I'm yeah, feeling good now. That's so 10 good. second story here. But as of my now brother in law's wedding, we played golf the morning of this great course i was in the last group and like all these guys are all pretty good golfers and they're all sitting there like you know drinking beers in the 18th 18th hole and like 18th it's kind of a blind fairway so you only see the green and so i get up there and i'm like seven shots in everybody else on there in three or two right <laughs> and i have like a 57 yard uh 57 yard putt and i just drain everybody's like dude i didn't know field was nasty at golf like, what a <laughs> That's so good. my father-in-law was like so proud he was like nice <laughs> nice finish right there i'm like you were, yeah, you, you were like that. Uh, were you celebrating? Were you like, I was like, I won the Masters you're, in that moment. You ever, right? you know that meme where the guy's like shooting off the champagne that, and like yeah, flipping everybody off and everything, and then they they zoom out and he's like fourth on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. <laughs> but in this case, it was like fourth out of like sixty four. Out of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. sixty four yeah. of sixty four. That's so good. Anyways, good. yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about some people that were disappointing. I'm going to start with Justin Herbert. This one hurt me a lot. Justin Herbert was uh, QB yeah. 30 oh on my the God. week, 235 yeah. passing yards and zero touchdowns. What do you QB do? Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Justin Herbert was in a situation, had Keenan Allen, had Mike Williams, had Austin Eckler, had Joshua Palmer, and Gerald Everett. There wasn't anybody that he didn't have. He didn't have Everett. Ever didn't catch a pass. Yeah, in case you may have had him. Yeah, no targets. Ever was, but he was out there on the field, wasn't he? He was just throwing it to Donald Parham instead. He was a warm body. None. He was none. I don't know what you do, Mike. I'm going to start with you. Mm -hmm. What do you do with Justin Herbert, knowing that it was a QB 30 performance last week, and it's not like it was the first time that it's been since he has gotten these skill position guys back. We haven't seen that uptick in fantasy volume that we've been expecting. Well, we did at first. He had four straight top 12s, and then the last two weeks have been rough. And it's just touchdowns, right? If you look at volume, it's there. It's like Tom Brady-like attempts, completions, yards. It's touchdowns. He's 12th in passing touchdowns. His zero rushing touchdowns. That's a big difference from the past. He's 
not really running the ball. Rams not allowing many fantasy points to quarterbacks over the past month or so. Tough, yeah. Teams don't have to throw against them a ton. Uh, so it is a tough one. He's 11. So I have him as a borderline QB one. I don't have yeah. him as that like borderline top five. You yeah. just said it's like Tom Brady, like volume and, and in terms of passing attempts, it's also Tom Brady, like in terms of passing touchdowns because Brady yes. also doesn't throw those anymore. Yeah. Just as a reminder in case it's been a bizarre <laughs> year. Of, yeah. Last time, we, last we know, we know we're, yeah. we got gotcha. Is there a chance that Baker Mayfield is going to put up 51 points on the chargers again this week? And it's going to be another <laughs> shootout. Unless Russell Wilson gets uh, straight there this yeah. week. Probably not. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, cam Akers killing me. Yeah. Yeah. Kill me. All, you guys, all you guys, all you guys, I saw you guys all one. just crushing me during the, pre- you, you had Cam Akers up. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it Nailed to happen it. in like week 11. Week 11, yeah. you know, hey. but I haven't. No big deal. <laughs> all right, right. We, we need, need to keep him on your bench. He was a league winner. We just uh, leave him on your bench I, I all season for three months. Yeah. And then you start, I mean. I was saying how he reminded me of the player he was as a rookie. When he only played like the last three. Exactly. That's what it was. Exactly what it was. I hate this game, but I love it. Are you benching Justin Herbert here this week? Or, or is QB, he QB 11? So maybe yeah. you have a better, maybe you have Jared Goff. Options. I mean, yeah, there's the, yeah there's exactly. The maybe yep. you have we'll like get a to Goff or Cousins, but yep. otherwise, no. All right. Who would have thought you'd be saying Jared Goff over Justin? Stop it. thought a lot of things <laughs> this year. Field, let's talk about Ramondre Stevenson mm. last week. We've been yeah, the artist formerly as, known as pass catching Ramondre Stevenson. He doesn't catch yeah. passes anymore. That's not pretty anymore. much it. This and he's had hard. a little ball security. Uh, yeah, more than a little ball security issue. I mean, just like reprehensible fumble this past week that, could have potentially they could have won the game. And yeah. think about how different the playoff picture would look right now if they had won either of the past two games. Instead, they find a way to fumble each of those wins. But yeah, I think uh, for right now the Patriots seem to have shifted over the past three weeks to a less involved Ramondre Stevenson in designed passing game opportunities. And uh, I don't know how to predict whether that's going to change for this week against the Dolphins. I suspect it'll probably hold because it's been this way over the past three weeks. But what you know with Ramondre Stevenson is that you could still get three or four receptions and Mm -hmm. more often than not he is an absolutely awesome rusher the past last week you just got minimal passing game yeah you got only 30 rushing yards and you had that critical fumble so i've still got stevenson as rb8 matchup doesn't scare me against miami teams move the football so Mm -hmm. effectively again against them all season so i still have confidence in him and Especially if Damian Harris is not available. I Who mean, knows? this is the Patriots at their finest where the player is questionable and practices on a limited sure. basis all week and then looks like a game time decision and then doesn't play. That's Damian Harris for the last couple of weeks. We haven't seen him since week 12. Yeah. Um, I We got the feeling that if he played last week, he wasn't going to do a lot anyway. He was probably going to be in a controlled workload. This feels like... If it were the old days with New England, if Damian Harris were healthy, it'd be Damian Harris and Ramondre would be relegated as a result of the ball control issues. But it's hard to know what's going to happen until if Damian Harris were fully practicing all week, I feel like then we'd have an idea that they would lean on him. Well, this is tough because he's the eighth most, what is it? Eighth most popular running back on ESPN finalist rosters. So as a a huge part of that is like fantasy managers have used him and field specifically that pass catching ability all year long Mm -hmm. to be able to get to this point. So to not have it last week, you hope that you're going to have it here this week. And I think even if Harris does play, I'll just, I have no idea, but I'll just add this that like, I'll probably still have Stevenson ranked pretty close to where he is right now. As a matter of fact, Harris, I believe, is currently in the yeah, projection. So. He is in there, and I yeah. still have him uh, RB11. I'm, I'm fine with him. I mean, if you erase week 14, he got hurt, right? You got hurt. We're not going to count his fantasy points or touches from that game. Otherwise, 15 plus touches in 12 straight, averaging 19.4 per game. He's had one bad game during that stretch. It was last week. Otherwise, he's been fine aside of the injury game. This is, and again, you can... This is the difference between Mike and the rest of us. Mike can compartmentalize, not let the That's emotions it. get That's to it. Him, right? Like, you're not living through... The 13 rushes for 30 yards and two catches no, for we're three going yards. Forward. We're not going backward. Yeah. We're going forward. Wow. Okay, Mike. Can, can, I, start, can, can I have start some of that wisdom? Like, yeah. I, I just gave it to you. That's what I'm here for. Wow. wow. I just dropped that. He's I a cocky. You know what he is? He's a cocky Eagles <laughs> fan right now. That's what he is. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter, guys. Well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of being a cocky Eagles fan right now, let's talk about Miles Sanders really let's quick. Miles Sanders, running back 37 last week. But you know what? It doesn't bother me. Do you know why, Mike Clay? Volume. Volume. Hey. 21 Volume rushes last week, and he had a catch in the mm-hmm. passing game. I have zero concerns about Miles Sanders with Gardner Minshew under center, regardless of what he looked like last week, because of the 22 opportunities. That's it. 22 touches. That was his third most in a game this season, and that's kind of what we talked about last week, right? Yep. Remember saying that with Minshew in there, I thought Sanders actually moved, Sanders did move up a few spots in my rankings because we expected more touches, perhaps more goal line work, which he did not get. Kenny Gainwell stole two goal so line carries. That's kind of random. Sometimes they just rotate guys in and Gainwell just happened to be in the game. I'm not too worried about that. 
11 touchdowns this season for Sanders, none last week. The only problem, again, is just receiving, right? He had the one ta- one catch last week, 78 yards and 20 catches this year. That's it, 78. That's it's atrocious. Yeah. He's been so bad in that department. But not where, the Saints defense used to be really intimidating, especially against a run you know, between the tackles. Not this year. It's a neutral matchup. You're firing him up. He's good to go. I wonder if I, the Saints have thought out since Saturday. It was so cold in Cleveland. Just oh, a, man. Just an aside. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah. And yet. And they yet, won. They won. <laughs> I mean, nobody picked that. Nobody thought they were going to no go there Stop. and win. I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about it. I just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Absolute lock for the under. 17-10, easiest under of my life. Field, let's really quickly talk about Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and I mean really quickly. A lot of them fall in the same category here. I know I was being funny in Ramondre, but they all kind of fall in the same category. Dalvin Cook had 14 carries for 64 yards, plus three catches for 13 yards. Dalvin Cook didn't find the end zone, but like if he finds the end zone, we're singing a dramatically different tune. Yeah. Mike just talked about volume. You just mentioned volume, Daniel. Volume again here. 17 carries for a guy of Dalvin Cook's stature. You're going to take that every single day of the week. If you watch the game on Christmas Day between the Dolphins and the Packers, you saw Miami run all over mm. that Green Bay defense. Wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota is also effective running the football. It'll probably be cold because it's Green Bay in, I guess it will be January 1st. Um, And Dean Lowry, uh, important part of that Packers defensive front, just got placed on IR. His first game missed in like 110 straight. So a key run defender gone for Green Bay. I expect Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook to be very productive. He is my RB6 for this week. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, and by the way, speaking of the touchdowns, he scored in eight of his last 11 games. I think that's kind of snuck under the radar, right? Yeah, it, totally. It's just, I, there's so many storylines. Cook just gets the job done, right? Yeah. And you, we just don't talk about him a lot. He's yeah. just one of those guys you lock in your lineup and you feel good about it. And putting some numbers on the Packers defense, fifth most rushing yards and the fifth highest, uh, sixth highest yards per carry yeah. to running backs this season. So you could certainly run on them. Should be another Cook game with 15 plus touches and hopefully an RB1 or top 15 week for you fingers crossed if you have dalvin cook another tough week ahead maybe for josh jacobs stefania mm-hmm. yep same thing taking on the san francisco 49ers there's no way that we're not starting josh jacobs that's obviously ridiculous but against this 49ers defense i just want to hand it over to you what are your expectations <laughs> for a guy who has been so good this year but your defense is so good well the run defense in particular is the strength of the 49ers mm-hmm. you know, the 49ers defense is good but it's the run defense that's really stellar and uh, it's going to be tough and i thought it was interesting just going to the player himself Josh Jacobs getting frustrated mm-hmm. i mean talking about how you know everybody's giving him all these accolades but he is sick of like how it's not mattering yeah. and mm-hmm. That's a thing, you know, and he's what you think he's going to go out there and not be more frustrated by what's going to happen when they face 49ers this week. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what you do if you're Josh Jacobs. Last number of fantasy points he put up was six points. Fantasy points by week over his past five weeks. 48.3 in a ridiculous showing. Five yeah. That was fun. great. Everybody loved Josh Jacobs. And then 21, 19.4, 13.0, 6.0. That's not great. Not mm-hmm. great when it's the playoffs. But we warned you. We warned you about this schedule that it was going to be tough mm-hmm. for him, tough going the last couple of weeks. Um, he's one guy. Don't know what he's going to do against the 49ers. Yeah. yeah, 16 touches last week. That's its fewest since week eight. But if that's your floor, that's a lineup block, right? So even also, against this 49ers it's defense. the lowest we've had him ranked in like right, two months. That's what, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are you going to do? It's RB12. We've ranked him. What are your options, too? Nothing. Exactly. That's, like, that's the thing. Uh-huh. And, and we've ranked him RB1. <laughs> there was a couple weeks where we ranked him like RB1. <laughs> yeah. And we've him 12. I mean, that's a yeah. big shift for a running back, yeah. right? Especially a feature back like him who's a top three scorer at the position this year. So we've reduced him for this matchup. But it's kind of like... It, it, remember a few weeks ago we talked about Ken Walker yeah. going up against the Niners and we're still like it's still tough you know he wasn't even healthy we're still like it's close you could afford to bench him but it's fine and he was like what do you have 12 points something yeah, like, like that yeah, Jacob should be above that yeah. you know you should have one of the better games against the 49ers just because of the volume but there's obviously the bus the bust uh, probabilities way higher yeah. against this defense. They're just so good. It's efficiency. It's volume. They just they dominate this position. I want to take it right from Josh Jacobs to his teammate Devontae Adams yeah. and mm-hmm. just let you know like <laughs> This is just pain. So you guys remember when the Raiders played the Rams on Thursday Night Football, Baker Mayfield's debut for the Rams, mm-hmm. uh, a game in which the Raiders were up big early. Mm-hmm. And on like the very, like the third play of the game, Devontae Adams had this amazing catch down the field. I think Jalen Ramsey was in coverage. Everybody was yep. like, God, Devontae is just such an animal, which is true. He is an absolute star, super duper star. Let me tell you something that has not changed since that time. Devontae Adams has gotten no worse at football, all right? He's probably better now than he was three weeks or so ago. Derek Carr is not any worse at football than he was. He's probably just about as good as he was three or so weeks ago. The offensive system has not changed. Here's what's happened. You've gotten unlucky. Mm. Unlucky over the past three games. Devontae Adams, 
Three games combined, nine catches, 107 yards. Nine catches mm-hmm. for 107 yards. The problem here is it's probably been the most ill-timed three-game stretch you could imagine for mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. Yep. He hasn't he has been he's wide receiver 60 over the past three weeks. Wide receiver 60. Like that's unfathomable for a player mm-hmm. who at one point this season, actually the, the crazy part about it, like the five weeks leading up to this turn stretch. Over five games, he had 41 catches, seven receiving touchdowns, 600 receiving mm-hmm. yards plus in that five-game stretch. So this is nothing more than just bad fantasy luck. I've still got him as wide receiver seven this week. I'm right there with everybody else who's yep. got him as a lineup block. It just stinks. Yeah. And you're, you have this with wide receivers. It happens sometimes. You have these little mini slumps. And with all players. You don't bench them, and then they yeah, come back and bounce back. And by the way, hurts. you know, for, what do you do if you're game planning for this game? It's not like, let's just run it. I mean, yeah. unless you're the no, Panthers against yeah. the Lions in last fact, week. Yeah. Dude, and that, we, anyway, uh, that's another uh, another story. But The weakness uh, is the secondary. Exactly. The yeah. key will be mm-hmm. uh, whether Carr can get the ball off fast enough. Yep. Because Nick Bosa looks as good as he has looked. And, yep. if he, and, and the pressure will be there. So, But I think he's used to playing under pressure. I think this could be, you could get a couple... I mean, Devontae Adams, I'm less concerned about than Josh Jacobs in this mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Six most fantasy points in yards to receivers this season. Last week, three commanders receivers had 13 or more fantasy points mm-hmm. against the 49ers. Adams yeah. should be busy. I think they'll, I think it'll be a, a fix me game, as we like a to call fix it. Fix me game. I think they'll Love get it. 10 plus targets. He's averaging 10 and a half. Fix me game yeah. in there. Huh? Yeah, we haven't. I think Love you mentioned it. it last week. I did. I mentioned it last week. Yeah. You know who else needs a fix me game is freaking Stefan Diggs. Uh, Hold on now. Let's Three just, straight games let's under 11 fantasy week. points I know, field. I know. And, but, and it's the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, but we're all worried about last week, right? Because he had two for 26. Like, if you watch that game in Chicago, it was downright ridiculous. Sure. Even Josh Allen, he who owns a cannon of a right arm, could not throw the football as effectively as he normally does. He did have the Gabe Davis touchdown early in the game but a lot of this is just because of what happened last week weatherwise so there's no way it's just last week well I mean, 11 past- fantasy points over the last three no more okay like, that's awful so the, but i'm Stephon just saying Diggs. like the, the 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 bad the nadir the real bad was, will, last, was week. last week and is it going to change anything going forward my answer is no i still have him as wide receiver five this is similar to Devonte adams mm-hmm. just not as bad over the past few weeks because i know that under 11 fantasy points doesn't sound like much for Stephon Diggs. Well, Dad's got 3.5 last week when there was no issue at all with weather. Well, I guess it was cold, but still, it wasn't like it was, you know, gusting 45 mile an hour winds as was the case in Chicago for that Bills Bears game. Why isn't yeah. he scoring touchdowns anymore? Uh, I'm, I'm not, that could be bad luck. I, I okay. mean, part, I mean, part of the problem is targets and you've seen him getting frustrated with Josh Allen, right? And then they start to feed him the football. Yeah. Uh, he's been under six targets in three of his last six games. Now he's nine plus in the other three. So it's just all over the place. And it's kind of hard to yeah. fully understand could have something to do with coverage, of course, but I'm not worried. I mean, and also, you know, we've talked about how the Bengals have sustained good pass defense without a Wuzier, a corner. That's kind of fallen off lately. They've allowed uh, 20, what is it, 20 plus fantasy points to two different running backs in back to back games now, right? Four of their backs or wide receivers. Or, or, uh, wide receivers, excuse yeah. me. So, four of their worst, four of the best performances by wide receivers this season, four of the six best have been the last two weeks. So, they've kind of fallen off a little bit, and maybe that opens the door for Diggs to have a better game. I, I hope have nothing so. more to add other than. I cannot wait for Monday Night Football. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the yeah. best. Like this someone is the best matchup in since the- when? Like I would like someone to fill in that blank for me of like this is the best Monday Night Football matchup since blank. And I think the last game that I can recall with this much buildup and hype in my own mind was Chiefs Rams the game like three years ago and it was like 54 oh, yeah. 51, Studio Azteca, right? was that mm-hmm. the Mexico City I think it was game? the game that was supposed to be in Mexico City but got moved back because of weather or because mm-hmm. of field conditions. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, anyways, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I just can't recall a Monday Night Football game that had this kind of anticipation. Right, with the implications and, and, and everything. Yep, yeah. That's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, they're tied. This is, they have 23 combined wins. According to SIG, our ESPN Stats and Information Group, that's tied for the most wins in a Monday Night Football game ever. Football, Monday Night Football has been around since 1970. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a major, major, major Monday Night Football matchup. All right, let's move ahead and talk about one more wide receiver here, and that's Christian Kirk. And this one is really tough because Christian Kirk, we all love Christian Kirk, but he's been the number three pass catcher in that Jaguars offense over the last couple weeks. Evan Ingram has come on and just blown the roof off the doors. Awesome. And then mm-hmm. Zay Jones continued to do his Zay Jones thing. So when you look not at so Christian, last week not Zay last Jones. week, yeah. but still he's getting a lot of targets. He's being heavily utilized. Yeah. He gets a great, great matchup this week against the Houston Texans no, field. Doesn't. But the it's problem is they matchup. run the football so much. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird one because teams, as Mike has told you, you, you tell us. I, 
it's yeah, a great uh, matchup, but they do, but teams run the football exactly against the Texans. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not great. They're not efficient, but you can't score fantasy points if you're a wide receiver against right. them, right? Second fewest targets faced to receivers, the fewest receptions, and t- they've allowed five touchdowns to receivers this season. Crazy. Five touchdowns. Crazy. The last wide receiver to have 19 or more points against them was week four. Yeah. Mike Williams. It's just third fewest fantasy points to receivers. You cannot, it, teams just have a hard time because. They're running the ball. It's they ETM run the ball. week, right? I we might are use them in certainly going to talk week. about ETM. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just yeah. it is what it is. It's a it's the nature of game scripts in the NFL. Totally, teams do not have to throw against them, and they receivers don't produce against. And them. even though Houston has been playing tougher of late, they have played Kansas City and Dallas back to back, very tough, and they beat Tennessee. Um, it's not like the wide receivers have gone off in those games for right. those respective teams. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they find a way to play Jacksonville tough this weekend, which could happen, I still expect it to be much more of a ground control game that is an air it out game. And with Christian Kirk, I think last week is pretty much chalked up to the fact that the weather stunk. Of course, yeah. And those cornerbacks are just nasty for the Jets. They're nasty. They're playing yeah. elite football yeah. right now. In a game, like, I'm telling you, the Jets defense stepped up to a point last week where it knew they would never articulate it, but they knew with the quarterback there, they had to be great. They had yep. to be perfect to win that game. Yep. They weren't quite perfect. They were darn close. Gave them a chance. I know it was a 19-3 to game, but still, four field goals. Like you'll t- yeah. There's only so much you can do. Less than 20 points. That should be. That's a winning defensive performance in my estimation. Well, here's yeah. what I need. I need Christian Kirk to get at least in the end zone just once. I, I realize it's been Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. We just got to get him in the end zone. Yeah, it's been five straight without a score for Christian Kirk, and he was really good in that department earlier this season. Yeah. But look, at seven plus targets in eight straight games prior to last week, which again, I'm not, I don't care about the, I mean, he's in the slot, right? So we're not super worried about the perimeter corners from that game, but still it's the Jets defense and the game script wasn't great. So I'm, I don't, I don't care about that game. He's seeing enough volume that you still start him. Yeah. Yeah. But we're downgrading him for, you know, against Houston. You just, it's not, he's not going to have a 27 point game most likely, but maybe you get 14. Yep. And that's fine. You'll take that. All right, Field, why don't you go ahead and pay some bills? We're going to come back and talk about whether we're, we're busting or trusting. Through yeah, rip through those buster trusts. Geico asks, how would, you love a cha- how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would love a chance. Mm-hmm. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app. Available 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right. This is called Bust or Trust. Players training in a certain direction. Do you trust them in your championship lineups or are they poised to bust and yeah. be on your bench? First one's got to be the most obvious here. Jared right? Goff. No. We don't yes. trust Lions. We don't Come trust on. Lions ever. I love it. You sure do. Mike Clay is just frustrated. DeAndre Swift in DFS I know. twice this season. I know. And what happened both times, Mike? Terrible things. Pain. Uh, terrible. I mean, terrible I, pain. We talked about DeAndre Swift last week and how I just said, you know, Really, He's an enigma. We're really going to buy into this one. So I, I have accounted for DeAndre Swift once again in my rankings. I am but buying also, into Jared Goff. Of course you are, right? Because he's been awesome. His past five games have been ridiculously solid for mm-hmm. Jared Goff. Last week was the out-of-nowhere performance, right? Because you figured that it would not be as nearly as high-scoring of a game as it was, Yeah. especially playing outdoors where Goff has really struggled. But coming back home this week, yep. averaging only 20 fantasy points per game, playing at home, and... This Bears defense, if you look at it in terms of like raw passing yards allowed, you'd be like, wow, they must be really good. They're not. They're sort of like the Texans, as Mike just I talked about. I was just going to say that. Yeah. But they are third worst in terms of yards per attempt. They're down multiple key contributors amongst their cornerback group. I expect Jared Goff to have a very successful day. And I know that Lions fans are so frustrated and disappointed with last Sunday, Saturday, mm. excuse me, but... You still have life in the playoff picture, and you got to win. I think this is a bounce-back performance. <clears throat> Only Dan Campbell could spin this in the way that I think is reasonable. He was like, you play your best when you get kicked in the teeth, which Dan Campbell <laughs> probably has been kicked in the teeth. Uh-huh. Probably like, has like, been. Think? Yeah, probably yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Like, maybe once or twice voluntarily. He was like, just go ahead and kick me in the teeth. i got to play better tomorrow, right? <laughs> if, if Daniel kicks me in the teeth right now, I will not be at my best on this show. <laughs> I can assure you. Are you sure? I would not be Do you want to just try best. it out? you want to try it happens? one time real quick? No, I don't. See? Okay, I want to do that. Well, Dan Campbell not try that. probably has, again, he has probably been kicked in the teeth by like a horse or something, right? Like <laughs> something that's way more powerful than a person. And so I'm buying it on Jared Goff. I got him as quarterback six. This yeah, week. I'm at eight. So I actually, all jokes aside, I agree with you. Uh, by the way, just a quick note on what you, your comparison of Houston and Chicago. Chicago was like exactly the same for the first couple months of the season when they weren't scoring offensively. Right. Then they started scoring and teams actually had to throw the ball in the second half. And now you've seen fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks in the yeah. last month, right? So 
the efficiency has been bad all along. Now it's just a changing game script, and that's why off. quarterbacks are uh, scoring against him. Goff was not great in the first meeting, but again, that was quite a while ago. I'm with you. I think he's been red hot lately. Good matchup. You're starting him. Yeah. Trust good streamer. Yeah. You know who was good in that first meeting? Justin Fields. He scored like 40-some fantasy yeah, he points. He did. Uh, CSSDFS tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, make sure you check that out. Stefania, let's talk about the Eagles quarterbacks. Obviously, Gardner Minshew looked awesome last week, but I want to ask you about Jalen Hurts because that's the guy that fantasy managers need to know about. I doubt we're going to have him here this week. Any Ooh. chance we so would maybe have him next it's week? It's interesting because we talked about him having this SC sprain. We did. It's very different Sternoclavicular. than... Look at you, Phil G. Phil has upped his anatomy He's got his gl- glenoid. Really He's got his sternoclavicular. I, I had a little bit of a, of a situation this week, and the glenoid is... Um, <laughs> better currently questionable to be right questionable for okay questionable. all right okay well the sc joint you know again it depends on the degree of the sprain mm-hmm. it depends how comfortable they are with how his healings progress depends on whether he can throw the ball without any issue um and whether they're willing to take a chance on him absorbing contact or going to the ground that's that's really to me i think if jalen hurts plays because again we talked about how the eagles were doing could influence this and so now, you know, it could be that he's going to lobby very hard to return, especially if he's feeling good. Philly will have a decision to make. But I do think if they activate him for this game, they're going to try to minimize some of that exposure. So how do you do that? You take away some of the design runs. And I think, you know, you're not going to take away his scrambling ability. So you have to be at some level comfortable that if he has an opportunity to take off with the ball, he's going to do it. But does that mean he exits sooner? It, there's going to be a conversation about let's not try and get the extra yard where sure. you're going to get taken to the ground. They have to be comfortable enough that if it happens, everybody can live with it. Um, but it's not desirable, certainly this early. Again, I mentioned on Sunday, we've seen players miss multiple weeks for this kind of an injury, but it all depends on the severity, mm-hmm. depends on the stability. Um, and ideally, if you're the Eagles, you would love to have him not play right. for a few weeks. That's well, how I feel. And you, yeah. Mike, you <laughs> just watched Gardner Minshew be QB, and I realize it's fantasy, but he was QB4 in fantasy fine. last week. He yeah. played fantastic. If you guys have a chance here against the Saints, yeah. it seems like, let's assume, and obviously if it changes, we'll talk about it later in the week, but assuming Jalen Hurts does not play this week, where are you ranking Gardner Minshew this week? I'm at QB12. For now, I'm assuming Hurts is out. Just, you know, we'll, again, again, we'll, we'll talk about if it. If that we'll, changes, we'll, yeah. I'll change the projections, obviously. Look, only Joe Burrow had more passing yards last week, and you're going up against the Saints here. They've allowed the second uh, fewest passing yards, the second lowest YPA, and only 16 passing touchdowns to QBs this season. Haven't allowed 20 points to quarterback since Joe Burrow in week six. So it is a tough matchup. That's why I don't view him even after a good week last week, like he's a must-start streaming option, but he's borderline, right? It's, sure. it's just going to be a tough matchup. It is at home. There's great skill guys around him. Again, he's, he is what he was last week. He's just one of them borderline streamers. You could probably do better if you can get yourself a, a guy like, like Jared Goff. Goff. So, uh, we'll, again, we'll keep an eye on this throughout the week, but he might mention might be your best option if you, this week if uh, it hurts us out. And you likely, if you rolled with him last week, you and Field both were saying, hey, if you need someone here this week, I think the guy I'm going to grab probably is Jalen Hurts backup as a streamer. Of and course, he absolutely delivered. exactly how you it expected did. it to it really for Gardner Minshew. He yep. gave you a more than serviceable finish. Mm-hmm. Quarterback eight on the week. Quarterback mm-hmm. seven on the week. Quarterback four on the week. No, I think it was seven. It was seven. Yeah, seven. I don't think quarterback four. Oh, okay. Four. All right. Um, both Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown feasted. They each had yeah. over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Devontae Brown, Devontae Smith, obviously extremely feasted. Yeah. Um, and then Miles Sanders had a set the second most rushing attempt in a game this year, 21. So mm-hmm. um, it was exactly how we thought it could be for the Eagles offense without Jalen Hurts. And they scored about yeah, 32 points against Dallas. Against Dallas, yeah. And they're playing the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Saints are not matchup. Dallas. Like the Saints were not, not Dallas quite. on yeah. defense. No, Stefania, I want to ask you really quickly about the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, we watched AJ Dillon come on and be pretty fantastic for fantasy managers. Are we going to see Aaron Jones this week? Aaron though? Jones got his ankle rolled up on. Sounds like he could have played a little more than he did, but um, you know, I expect him to be limited in practices. He's kind of been battling a couple lower extremity injuries throughout the season, but it hasn't really cost him anything in terms of time. AJ Dillon's been a really tough one field because mm-hmm. you couldn't trust him for basically the entirety of the season and then these last four weeks when you were at the point where you're like oh, i don't know if i can trust him is when he sort of started to turn it on here yeah and mike talked about this going into last week's game is that the three weeks in which dylan was crushing it his role in terms of snap percentage mm-hmm. utilization really hadn't changed that dramatically 
This past week, he ended up playing more than he had. Mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. as Stefania just referenced, he got rolled up did Aaron Jones in the game. So all of a sudden, A.J. Dillon was playing more because he had to. So I'm going to monitor the injury report closely this week and maybe the rhetoric from uh, Matt LaFleur. But because of how much of a z- in the zone A.J. Dillon is right now, uh, is in right now, I've got him as RB24 on the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very close there. Uh, 11 to 14 touches in six of his last eight games. Some of the exceptions are when Aaron Jones has not been fully healthy, although I think he only had 13 this yeah. past week too, right? Touchdown in four straight. You know, we, we, it's kind of like that Christian Watson conversation where you're like, mm. man, it's tough to bench a guy that yeah. keeps finding the end he zone. But doing it. I, I, he makes me nervous for sure just Watson because. Might be available, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, speaking of which, you might not yeah. have Watson. And by the way, Minis- keep an eye on. Minnesota does very little well defensively, but they are pretty good against running backs in terms of yards per carry, right? Yeah. That efficiency has not been great. That's something that can limit Dylan a little bit. So again, I, he's a flex option, better in non-PPR. I don't feel super great this about it. This game all of a sudden really interesting to me. Super yeah. interesting. <laughs> Huge. Now, yeah. now, now Aaron Rodgers can taste it. A lot of implications <laughs> here with this game. Over. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you talked about Travis Etienne. I'm just going to turn it over here and just let you really quickly talk about why Travis Etienne has an awesome matchup this week. Yeah, he does. I mean, five straight full. If we, again, where I'm going to ignore the game where he just played a few snaps and got hurt. Five sure. straight full games under 15 fantasy points. But 20 or more touches and 110 plus yards in two straight right now. He's had some bad touchdown luck for sure. But to your point, it's the matchup. Houston's so bad against running backs. The most touches, yards, touch, touches, yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points. Pretty much clear across the board. The worst against running backs in the NFL. Uh, back in week five when these teams played ETN, 114 yards and just 13 touches. He was still splitting with James Robinson. Back then. Still had yeah. 100 yards. It was like his kind of his mini breakout game. He's in a good spot here. Based on this matchup, I think you feel pretty good starting him. Travis Etienne has given us some really awesome games this year and then not totally come through in a bunch of other spots. I really want to see more consistent. This is just a next year thing. I'm really excited to see hopefully more consistency out of Travis Etienne next year because yeah. we've yeah. seen so like many him. good things out of that kid this year. I yeah. mean, let's be, I just want to point out, this is the equivalent of his rookie season. Oh, you're right, Stefania. Yeah. It absolutely is. So I'm actually pretty encouraged. I've been, I mean, I've been, I'm not, what, not encouraged. I just done, want, you know, okay. what he's done in his first year of playing NFL football is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Mike Evans. Let's do it, Daniel. He has yeah. not been a the top opposite. 25 wide receiver <laughs> since week eight. I don't even know Feel, what you say. You wanna... I wonder if Kyle can look this up on the fly. Uh, where Mike Evans ranks amongst wide receivers in terms of percentage of playoff teams that he was on. It's got to be extremely low, low for Super a player low. that was drafted as a potential top 10 or even 15 wide receiver, depending on what size league and scoring format and all that. But yeah, I mean, I talked earlier about how it's just like so tough to watch the Bucks offense. Nothing is tougher to watch on that Bucks offense mm-hmm. than the failed connection that exists right now between Tom Brady and Mike, and Mike Evans. The yeah. only thing the passing game does well right now is throw the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. That caters to the running backs, yep. that caters to the tight ends, and that, of course, caters to Chris Godwin, who continues to be an absolute target hog but it's just not happening with mike evans right now i really believe uh and kyle has that set what's the, what's the answer kyle under half of leagues so 43.7 percent of leagues had mike evans on a playoff roster for reference more people had christian watson on playoff roster. that part doesn't surprise me because yeah. watson you know crushed it late in the season cooper was cup. great more people had cooper cup doesn't surprise me too wow. because you got like you got the great first half right but uh, the point yeah. is that like it's been such a disappointing season yeah. for mike evans that like terrible if i were in the fantasy championship with mike evans in the championship league that uh team that i have i do not have mike evans thankfully i think the number that i would be like absolutely over the moon with would be 15 fantasy points. oh yeah like i'm not even 20 no chance yeah. Right. You, so you think he can get 15 this week? I, I, I'm saying I would be over the moon if I got 15. He hasn't scored since yeah. October 2nd. I don't even think I, it's like they don't like each other. It'll be three <laughs> months nearly since he scored. You want some good news? When they played in week five, these yeah, two he teams, had, he had a season high 15 targets and nine catches, 96 yards. And there's no JC Horn. He's, on, he's yeah, out this yeah, week. That so does help. And that helps also, a little bit. Mike, uh, that was the game against Carolina in which Mike Evans had the drop. Mm. Right, a big that, touchdown right, that, that included been. the most separation oh, yeah. on any right. target <laughs> that was reja- a drop since like ESPN began tracking such data like seven years ago. We that was like, like the a first fantasy drive. highlight reel that's like a fantasy low light reel. Oh, like, that would oh, have been hey. all the, you just play that one on, on That would have been, reels. that'd be at yeah. the top of like. That's tough. Yeah. That's really Anyways. tough. Still, still starting Mike he, Evans here. He's a flex oh, play for us because of volume. I'm at 26. Yeah. I've got a wide receiver 30. So maybe. 
Yeah. You might have, you might very well have a better option than Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been one of those guys. Another one of those guys I think has been tough that you maybe have been trying to find someone else to start in their spot is Amari Cooper. He needs to Sean, I mean, he needs a uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. He is wide receiver 43 in fantasy points since Deshaun Watson yeah. took over at quarterback. This Browns offense does not look touchdown. good. Yeah, they're, with they're terrible. They are last in points per game, offensive wow. points per game since last. Watson took over. I mean, that's, weather that's last week. Crazy I know. stat. I know. Yeah, but weather, but still. But the Saints still won that game. Yeah, they have. I, like, I tweeted this. Yes, there's no way that they should. I, I tweeted this yesterday. The uh, with Brissett, the Browns' offense averaged 2.7 touchdowns per game in four games with Watson. They have a total of three touchdowns. Oh. Like I, I am totally, total. I I hear and I I follow Browns reporters, Browns mm-hmm. fans on Twitter who all have a lot of nuance behind you know some of the reasons why these concerns are overblown. Right? Of course. Yeah. We are talking about a Browns offense. With Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, had all of training camp. Mm-hmm. He started practicing in October. He had like six weeks of practice before he got to play for the Browns. It wasn't like he came back to the facility on Monday and played on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. He's got Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, very solid offensive line. I'm watching Daniel Jones throw to Daniel's cousin and like my my plumber on Sundays and yep. put up like 23, 25, 28 points consistently, mm-hmm. right? Like it's absurd how... This offense can be this inefficient right now. It'll get better, I'm sure, next year. I have no doubt about that. But good Lord, are they difficult to yeah, watch it, right now. It's tough. I will say this, though. Cooper, I did have 10 targets last week. Yeah, the the right He's hard Mark to bench. Cooper. He really yeah. is hard to bench. It's been a struggle. Washington really good against receivers lately as well. He's still again, receiver 24 from me. Exactly. You're going to have a hard Watson. time yeah. finding a better option. What about at the tight end position? Because we've watched Dawson Knox each of the last I mean, three weeks yep. been a top yeah. 10 tight end, and that is because he has gotten in the end zone each of the last three weeks. Obviously, Touchdowns are really tough to be able to predict, but with the way that the Bills are using mm-hmm. him right now, he's getting targets. Well, he's taking him away from Stephon Diggs. I he is super the touchdown maker instead He's been the Grinch for Stephon Diggs. Almost seven targets a game us. over the last three games, right? 20 targets over the last three games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah touchdown and three straight, but more importantly, 20 targets is fourth among tight ends over the last three weeks. The fifth scoring uh, fantasy tight end during that stretch. Yeah. I mean, the, tar- the target share is up. It's and notable. Help it's got on for four to six weeks. He's a tight end one for me. Yep. Speaking of which, uh, the Bengals could get Hayden Hurst back for mm-hmm. that Monday night football Ooh. game. So if you're looking, you know, tight end has been such a tough position to fill. Uh, there's something to consider. All right. Our good friend Liz Loza is going to join us in just one second. But first, from holiday gatherings and office parties to fireside conversations and football Thursday, Saturday, Sundays or Mondays. Winter means more moments with the coolest people in your life. Make these moments even better with Miller Lite, the great tasting light beer for people who love beer. A new year is a perfect time for friends, family, and a great tasting light beer. It is Miller time. Did you take a sip and look at your friends and think, yeah, this was the right call? That should be no surprise given the dependable flavor of Miller Lite. You know those dual threat quarterbacks that we love so so much? Well, Miller Lite is the dual threat. It has both, it is high in taste and low in calories. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste that you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. The right balance between taste and lightness means that you get to spend more time drinking with friends and less time thinking about what you're drinking. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com slash FFF to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right. And here is Liz Loza. Liz, it is so good to see your face. How are you doing on this Wednesday? I am wonderful. How are you? I love, I think we, do we coordinate? Did we call each other about it, our autumnal tones here? It does sort of feel that way. I got this as a gift from uh, Mama Dot for Christmas and I really liked it. I went with the full button up a little bit of like the, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying a new thing here. I don't know. I was giving it a shot, Liz, just seeing how it feels. Very sharp. I appreciate that. Speaking of being sharp though, what a transition. Is there any chance oh, wow. that Daniel Jones can continue to be sharp and be someone that you are looking at here in the fantasy championship. So I talked Daniel Jones up on FF now last week. Mm -hmm. I loved the matchup and he went far above the over, which was 204.5 passing yards. But I'm a little bit worried about this week's matchup. And it's not because I'm particularly afraid of the uh, Colts defense. In fact, Jones presents with the highest pass blocking edge per the Loza blocking metric this week. But I am worried about the Colts 
offense. Because in order for Daniel Jones to go off, he needs the Colts to fight back. And I'm not sure they're capable of doing it. I haven't seen any firepower, any explosiveness out of any of the quarterbacks, frankly, that have helmed the ship in Indianapolis. I mean, their cumulative touchdown to interception ratio is 14 to 17. You don't need to be a math whiz or a genius analyst to know that that's not good, right? So the the I just think it's going to be a really low scoring game. The over under is only at 39 and a half. So I don't think that Daniel, Daniel Jones, who I will admit presents with a little bit more upside because of his rushing ability, he's averaging 41 rushing yards per contest. I, I don't think Daniel Jones will win you your Super Bowl championship, but I also don't think he'll lose it for you, if that makes sense. No, I think that's definitely fair. And one of the things about Daniel Jones that we have seen, like you said, I mean, he, he gets the job done with his legs. He's averaging almost four points a contest, which is basically a passing touchdown. But I don't know who to trust there. Is it Isaiah Hodgins? Is it like, am I looking at Richie James? How do I feel about Darius Slayton? And and I guess there is the opportunity for him to potentially spread it around. But they're not the kind of wide receivers that I just have like unending confidence in for Daniel Jones to put up 300 passing yards. So unless he's utilizing his legs or finding ways to get in the end zone, I think I'm with you. He is a lower end option as a streamer here for me this week. But against Indy, I would probably rather have some other streaming options available to me in spite of how good Daniel Jones has been as of late. Let's talk about, and I don't want to do this because it hurts, the Carolina Panthers running backs who just demolished the Detroit Lions rush defense last week, we said, do not start either one of these guys, Liz. And then they both went off for over a hundred yards because of that. How are you approaching these Panthers running backs here in week 17? I I mean, I I think we have to approach them the same way that we have been mindful of approaching them. I don't think you can look at the hundred plus for either of these backs because the thing about Donta Foreman that, again, we've noted is that, sure, if game script goes his way, he'll get a huge amount of carries, 21 against Detroit and just 12 for Chuba. But Chuba was much more efficient. He's also much more present in the passing game. Last week, not, notwithstanding, because obviously game script didn't require him to have to play catch up and be utilized as a pass catcher. But for the two weeks prior, he saw three looks per week and converted all six of those, a total of six. Meanwhile, Foreman saw one target over the past three weeks. He's just not used that way, and that makes him more game script dependent. And in this matchup against Tampa Bay, the the Panthers are three-point underdogs. So I'm already a little bit skittish about the opportunities that Foreman can have. I mean, yes, he could go off for 90 yards, or he could tank you with nine yards like we saw against the Steelers. So if I am pushed into this, I think I'm the only one of us, frankly, that has um, Chuba ranked a little bit ahead of Foreman for this reason. I have two bit 35 and Foreman, I think around 38 or 39. So um, I don't really like either of them, but I'm going to lean on Chuba because I just feel like he'll have more utility. That's fair. This was tough and being able to figure out how to use these running backs after what they did against the Detroit Lions is really tough because they both just... They they exploded in a way that we did not expect against this Lions run defense. And now it makes me worried. What kind of Lions run defense do we have this week? Uh, and and what is it that we're going to be able to look Ooh. at as far as Deontay Foreman here and Chuba Hubbard? I have them in the same spot, Liz, so it's tough for me to be able to trust them here this week. But um, it's at least good thoughts there. I want to do talk about another player, though, that I, I want to trust. Oh, I've been wanting to trust all year long. And that's Drake London. And I feel like now yeah. that we have finally gotten... Desmond Ritter under center. It's almost like, and it's tough because it's a fantasy playoffs. I don't know if I can trust Drake London or not, but he scored 14 points per game over the last four weeks. Is Drake London back in the spot where maybe you can utilize him here in the fantasy playoffs? I mean, Kyle Soppy will tell you, I have been hammering Drake London in my props column every single week because so many people, including Vegas, the line setters are nervous about him because he's a rookie, because is Desmond Ritter good enough or experienced enough to be trusted? Is this chemistry real? Are defenses going to adjust? All of those questions that fantasy managers are asking. And yet London is continually banging the overs over and over. It's fantastic. I mean, he's caught six balls and managed at least 70 yards for three straight games. We have to remember, right, there's no Kyle Pitt, so the volume is going his way. And the chemistry with Ritter seems absolutely legit. And this is an incredible first-round talent 
who has an ability to climb the ladder and win in contested situations. He skies nonstop. Now, in terms of the matchup, Arizona makes me a little bit nervous because it's J.J. Watt's last game. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if Desmond Ritter is going to be able to get the ball out with the same ease that maybe he has with J.J. Watt wanting to make a statement in his last NFL showing, you know? But if he is able to plant his feet, I absolutely believe in London's ability to climb the ladder and win. Mm -hmm. So I would probably, I mean, I don't want to bet on a touchdown because of regression and how unpredictable the red area can be, but another six catches and 70-ish yards, I think I want to believe in that. I think I'm going to believe in oh, that. I want to believe in it so bad, Liz. I have him as wide receiver 36. If you play in a 12-team league, he is a low-end flex play for me. I think it's just the ability to be able to trust him here in the fantasy playoffs. That's the hard part, the emotional part that I'm having a hard time because I've loved being able to watch this rookie grow. Go ahead. If it, if it makes you feel any better, the Cardinals secondary is top 10 in yards allowed to perimeter receivers, which is obviously where That's we where know he, yeah. Drake London shines. Yeah, he makes his money out there. He's actually not the only rookie wide receiver that we want to talk about because Jahan Dotson, also looked fantastic last week. Based on what he did last week, is he a must flex for you here in week 17? I love this kid. I have him ranked a little bit behind Drake London. So if I'm high on Dotson, that's, you know, contextually how I feel sure. about London. Um, but I talked up Dotson on SportsCenter Los Angeles last night. I love his flex appeal. Uh, he's been on a tear. You just Not just last week, but for a couple of weeks 50, clearing 50 yards while also scoring for three straight games. Last week, he hauled in a career-high six balls for 76 yards and a score. This week, he's taking on a Browns defense that's allowed the third most touchdowns, 12, to outside receivers. Now, sometimes people think Dotson, who can go into the slot, is the team slot receiver. But in fact, Curtis Samuel is taking the bulk of the receiving core's slot snaps. Obviously, Greg Newsom, very good slot corner. So that's not great for Samuel, but it makes it that much better for Dotson when he's on the outside. And obviously, this game has huge playoff implications for the commanders. Believe it or not, they are still in the hunt. And the spread, or the line is only two points. So this could be a back and forth. You have to imagine that Carson Wentz is playing for more than the postseason right now. And I trust Dotson's hands. He has the best hands of any receiver in this 2022 class. So yeah, I don't know about like yardage. I'm not quite sure about touchdowns, but six, seven catches. Sure. I think he can do it. I think he can do it if the Browns fight back. Yeah, and we've watched Jahan Dotson look really good. One of the things to be able to watch is that Carson Wentz is going to be under center. We'll see how that affects this commander's offense and see how things roll there. But love Jahan Dotson. And obviously the kid has a ton of talent Liz, I want to close this show out talking about social questions with our friend Kyle Soppy. Who doesn't love to get Kyle involved in the show? Kyle, can we get some questions from our YouTube chat? Of course you can, Daniel. Just for you. Tayo wants to know, Dotson or Brian Robinson, which Washington player are you flexing this week? Ooh. That is interesting. I will say, you know, the Browns' oh. run defense has been a little bit leaky, Brown and Robinson. I'm going to lean towards touchdown upside in yep. my flex, even if Robinson isn't being utilized in the passing game as much as I want. So I, I, I still think I would probably, for safety, lean Robinson. I would lead Robinson as well, understanding that if I felt like I was projected to lose by like 35 points, then maybe I'd go with the upside play of Jahan Dotson. It sort of looks yep. at, you know, how your, how your uh, roster shakes out. But I'm, I'm with you 100% on that one, Liz. Kyle, what else we got? Good call. Both the right answer there. Let's see how you do with this one. Laura wants to shout out Liz's sweater before she asks the flex question. Her flex question, Tyler Algier, Zay Jones, Chris Alave. Who are you plugging in for the final spot? Oof. Oh. Well, Daniel, I'll let you take this one first. I mean, I just made an argument for running backs, but... I think it's going to be tough for Elgier me. Algier has to, been on a tear. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me not to trust Zay Jones. I feel like the amount of volume that he's getting there. I get that Tyler Algier has been getting a ton of work. He doesn't get a lot in the passing game. That's the part that makes me, you know, a little bit nervous when I see what Zay Jones has done over the last month. He has been heavily utilized within that offense, and Chris Olave is sort of. Like that Saints offense has not been great. He has not been the wide receiver that he was to start the year. I, I feel like Zay Jones is where I'm going to lean with that one. I, 
would tend to agree with that upside too. And don't forget, Olave, you know, wasn't active last week. So that's a situation I definitely want to monitor a little bit Of course. More. Yep. All right, Kyle, what else we got, buddy? Last one here. Gabe wants you to walk through the RB2 discussion. Do you t- chase touchdowns with Jarek McKinnon? Go volume in Cam Akers. Touchdowns with Jarek McKinnon. Period. <sighs> End of sentence. That's how I feel. Liz, how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, what? Imagine asking this question six months ago. That's that's what. Oh, one thing. dude, right? Uh, but you know, I think I right. It's wild. Um, Field has mentioned momentum a lot of times, and I've held on to that. I think it's a really important nugget. Both of these players, obviously, lots of momentum. Which of them, though, is more anomalistic than the other one? Given the data that's come before it, my answer is Cam Akers, which means I've seen McKinnon do it more regularly. So I'm going to lean on that in a big spot like this and give me, so therefore I'm choosing McKinnon. Yeah. I I just like McKinnon more being utilized within that offense. If you're telling me, do you want a running back from the chiefs offense or a running back from the Rams offense? I understand that Cam Akers has looked good the last couple of weeks, gotten in the end zone. It's been really frustrating as a fantasy manager. If you uh, had him all season long and then now he's doing stuff while you're in the consolation bracket, but (laughs) I don't know. It's hard for me to be able to trust Cam Akers and any Rams running back right now with how that offense is playing. All right, Kyle, you said that's going to be it. Is that right? You're done? I'm going to take that as a yes. Follow Kyle at Kyle Soppy ESPN. We love Kyle here. Follow Liz at Liz Loza underscore FF. Liz, it is so great to see you. Thank you so much for everything that you have been for us this year. It is so awesome being able to add you to Fantasy Focus and have you be one of our uh, like recurring characters and just be a part of the show the way that you are. Like. This is great. I say this because next week we're not going to have the same type of setup. We're only going to have one show next week. We're moving on with Thursday shows moving forward. We're going to do a show today, a show on Thursday, a show on Friday. And then once a week going forward, we're talking Thursdays. We'll be talking playoffs. We'll be talking a whole bunch of offseason stuff. It'll be really exciting. But Liz, I just want to say thank you for everything that you have done for us so far this year. Thank you for joining the show. I've loved being here and I can't wait for the running start we're going to get heading into 2023. That's right. Year two. Love it. All right. For Liz and Kyle and Field and Mike and Stefania and everybody else here on this show, thank you so much for hanging out with us, for still listening to the podcast right now. Please don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned that. We love you. We can't wait to see you. We'll see you on Thursday when we're talking Thursday night football. Peace. No secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you, he's dead.